What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of this wonderful podcast that Casey and I do together. It's the I Two Worlds podcast. <laughs> two Worlds. I was, like, was ready for it. You were ready for it. Uh, but anyway, uh, my yeah. name is Jake, and with me, as always, is the Winnie the Pooh to my Christopher Robin. It's Casey. What's up, man? Oh, bother. How did you know that I'm not wearing pants and just wearing my shirt? <laughs> I didn't, but now we all do. And we've come closer together. Yeah, I, I mean, that's how I always. Yeah, I mean, that's how you always do the podcast. You just do them pantless because they're you're only seeing this much. Right. You're Winnie the Pooh in it, too, right? <laughs> uh, sure. If that makes you feel more, more oh, comfortable. Yeah. I, <laughs> I hope everyone listening is, too. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, if you are, comment down below. Hashtag Winnie the Pooh in it. <laughs> you know, or don't. That's fine, too. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, just whatever. It's a free country. Yeah. <laughs> what hey, news see, you got? Because you got more than me, man. Yeah. You kind of scooped me a little bit on one of them. So some of these, I mean, I, I, they were a stretch. I'll say that. Yeah. These news weeks, they've been kind of a good uh, good thing of yoga for us because we were stretching a lot for them. I know. It's either 10 minutes or 45, and there's like no in between. Uh, but anyway. In all fairness, we, we are too windy to only have 10 minutes. <laughs> that is also true. It's like, it's like it's either 45 or two hours. <laughs> But hey, you know what you're getting with us, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, the Obi-Wan teaser trailer dropped. Did you watch it? I didn't. I need to because I'm actually interested in that one. Yeah. I mean, it. it's definitely teasery, um, but it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I like how it looks. Nice. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's, I, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing it because uh, Ewan McGregor is just—he's just—he uh, seems like such a delightful person from everything you see. So I'm just like, he deserves—he deserves this type of stuff, you know, the big old payday that he's hopefully getting, and he seems like he enjoys it. So that adds to it. It's not like, uh, oh, who's the other actor that played Obi Wan that just hated it? <laughs> Sir Alex Guinness. Yes. It's not like it's him doing it where he's he would be just miserable the whole time. Right. I'm curious. I'm curious if they'll like if at the end of the series we'll like see Alec Guinness or like their their fancy uh CGI Alec Guinness. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be really funny if it's just like Ian McGregor and he's like, he's just you know, he went to the shops and tattooing and he comes back with like white just for men but it's like just for jedi <laughs> he's just like putting it in his beard and stuff to make himself look older <laughs> yeah because really that that's quite a lot of aging in a short amount of time well okay so i saw one one time where it's like his age now isn't that Far. I don't know the exact numbers, but they're like, it's actually not that far off from what he was. It's just Ewan McGregor is like fine wine. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. That is for sure. So it's just kind of like, it's like, yeah, you can't make him look old unless you do just make him dye his hair. <laughs> right. Well, you have to let me know what you think of it whenever you see it. And Hold then just uh, the other really small thing I had was that the the Penguin spinoff gets a straight to series order for HBO. You excited since you've seen the Batman? And I still haven't, which I'll have a fun fun story to tell about why we haven't seen it yet. I am, dude. Like he was really really good. So I I, think I knew whatever he would they'd... be. It's just. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's just shocking to me that he is Penguin still. I mean, like, I like him as an actor, but he is, like, I would have I would have expected him to have been uh, Alfred before Penguin, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they do so much, like, makeup or CGI. I don't yeah. know which on him. But, 
but yeah whatever they do even if it's just like a handful of episodes of him being a gangster it's gonna be cool isn't it uh supposed to be like a kind of like a rise to power type of thing for him i think so yeah yeah um so this is like one of my little bits of news but uh, Sean Levy is set to direct Deadpool 3. He recently directed Free Guy, which was actually a pretty fun movie. So I watched that on HBO Max the other day. It's a good time if I'd recommend it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of that he's going to bring over. I've, I'm really, I'm to the point now where I'm like, you have to be like a really bad director to mess up a good script. So if the Deadpool 3 has a good script, it's going to be fine. Like, I think a really good director could elevate a bad script. But it's also like, if the script's really good, you have to be a really bad director to bring that one down. So, you know, I think it's going to be just fine. Yeah. I mean, the first two were. So no reason for this one not to be. Did you see both of those? I haven't. I think I saw parts of two on TV and parts of one on TV, but I've never seen all the way through. It's just, it's one of those things where like, yeah, it's just... Whenever I hear most of the people talk that talk about it online, like, oh yeah, he says the F word a bunch. It's so funny. It's like, oh, okay. So I don't, I mean, I, I know that word. I've heard, I've said it quite a few times. It's, yeah, but that's, you know, I didn't reinvent the wheel with that. That's not really like the whole movie, though. Yeah. That's just annoying Deadpool fans, which there are many. Yeah. Um, but anyway. All right, so some movie news. Looks like DC or Warner Brothers, I guess, are uh, shuffling around some movie dates, Casey. The the Flash movie has been moved from November 20, November of 2022, sorry, to June of 2023. Aquaman 2 has been moved from December of this year to March of next year. And then Shazam has been moved up from June of 2023 to December of this year. Not really sure why I didn't see a great reason, Um, but it sucks. But at least Shazam's getting moved up so that we get another DC movie this year. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is me spitballing. I bet it has something to do with the merger, but then also I have a quote from James Wan on this because this is the one one the one you scoop from me um but he's like for a movie that is nearly all visual effects I'm thankful for the extra time to craft this thing right working with groundbreaking new technology I'm blown away of some of the early tests coming in I'm cautiously optimistic and excited and can't wait to share when the time is ready so I mean they're probably with this and flash if it's not anything merger related which like that's kind of a big a, a solid guess is something like is happening with the merger they're one you know the new higher-ups are like oh let's push this back into side stuff later if it's not that then it's just them going like these are like flash and whatnot and Aquaman are both very heavy in special effects they probably are like let's tighten this up a little bit people are waiting anyway we need you know might as well have it you know on point versus rush something out which is like probably what Warner Brothers was trying to do anyway was to rush stuff out and this way you know Maybe maybe it was like you know mix of like discovery being like you can make this look better and whatnot right. versus you know that's probably what's happened but I don't really know I'm not on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't I don't want to wait, but it's fine because we've waited this long already. So it's like what's another six months at this point? Yeah. Right. And we're old now, so like time does go by quicker. Like if we were like in high school, we'd be like, "Oh, this is so terrible." But now we're like, "Oh yeah." And then we like look at like, "Oh shoot, that comes out tomorrow." <laughs> I know, dude. It's crazy. Um. All right. So I'll do another one. We're getting uh, a Samurai Sonia comic book from IDW that will be written by Jordan Clark and Pasquale Quilano. Um, it's a spinoff from one of the characters in the Sonya Versal series. And they say that this will combine Japanese history with Japanese mythology. I like Red Sonya. I like Japanese history and mythology. I think this could be tons of fun. 
You checking it out first issue then? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. I saw some of the some of the covers and I know the interiors will look different, but the covers were just so dang cool. It's like, how can I not check this out? <laughs> yeah. Uh old uh Peach Mogo's kinda gotta do a variant cover at least, right? I would hope so. <laughs> it's probably gonna be like a one <laughs> in five hundred, like, but yeah. And you're like, that's when I walk in. I'm like, Jake, why do you have 500 of these? You're like, no reason. <laughs> I just thought they were going to sell well, I swear. Yeah, that's um, the thing. So yeah, like, my last uh, a few people like get Red Sonia, but not, as, not enough as I would like. And I, I realize yeah. that I'm part of the problem too, but I, I almost always will find one cover that i like and will buy because every issue of red sonia has like five plus covers and chances are one of them are is really cool so at least i contribute a little bit yeah i'm 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 surprised you're not reading it like and talking about it on here a bunch because it's like it's right up your alley it's redheads and like you know mythology stuff like so it's like that's two (laughs) of your favorite things (laughs) so like i've tried it a couple different times one time it just wasn't very good. And another time they're like, we're bringing red Sonia to modern times. And I, as I've said, I don't like fantasy mixing with like modern day stuff. I just want fantasy. So like there's, I think there's times where that can work really well, but I mean, like, I think it looks cool with Savage Avengers when Conan's doing it because he's actually interacting with other superheroes. But with Red Sonia, she's not interacting with any other superheroes. It's just like, yeah, here I am fighting a cop. <laughs> famous dark horse hero cop. I know. And it's so 90s because like by the end of the issue, she's got like a black leather jacket, black leather pants, and she's on a motorcycle. It's like, dude, this is not okay, dude, what I now. want. Yeah, that's the I '90s know, aesthetic I, I want. I know it is. <laughs> you had me at leather jacket, but uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus are going to actually combine into a, one new platform. So maybe it's going to be HBO Max Plus or Discovery Max. I mean, I'm just spitballing names here, but I hope the price stays the same because that'd be pretty sweet. We'll be able to watch House Hunters and Close Enough. Maybe it'll be HBO Discovery Max Plus. I mean that that's like <laughs> not even trying. That's just both the names. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I think that's fine because uh, we had or we have both of those services now. So the fact that they're going to be combining, I think, just makes things easier. Oh. Uh, that makes sense that you guys do since you you both like your you know like i me and brie like the food network shows but you guys much more like them than us so it makes sense that you guys would have that yeah so many cooking shows so many (laughs) all right and then my last bit is that we are getting a new black adam comic in june it is not called shazadam they're calling it black adam I mean, but we both know his name's Shazada now. Yeah, we do. But (laughs) this will be written by the wonderful Christopher Priest and will be drawn by Rafa Sandoval. So very, very talented. I'll have to check it out. Creative team. Yeah. They don't say that it's a limited series, but I'm sure that it probably will be. Um, But anyway, there we go. As good as Deathstroke was, and as good as I'm assuming this is going to be, like I, it, I think Priest may end up getting himself, you know, typecast into just anti-hero territory. Then, yeah, which you know I'm fine with, but I don't know if he will be because he doesn't seem to like being typecast as any, you know, any type of character, you know, writing any type of character. That's true, but uh, I don't know. I think he can get typecast into just being freaking awesome at everything he does yeah <laughs> i agree man all right well but that is the end of the news that's our news yeah so now we'll take our ad break and uh, we'll come back and talk some comics so we'll be right back 
Okay, welcome back, folks. If you would like to hear about Casey's, I can only describe it as atrocious experience at Outback Steakhouse over the weekend, then go check out our YouTube our, channel. Uh, and this is sponsored by Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Oi, <Oy>, might. <laughs> anyway. Uh, our YouTube channel. Yes, that is Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube. Exclusive story. But anyway, so, Casey, what comics did you read this week, my friend? So I, I got to read The Thing, part five, Good Asian, uh, number nine, The Amazing Spider-Man, 92, Mighty Morphin, number 17, Punisher, number one, Hawkeye, number five, Batgirls, number four, Thor, 23, The Joker, 13, and Devil's Reign, five of six. What about you, dude? I read Devil's Reign, Moon Knight, Trial of the Amazons, number one, The Sumerian Hour of the Dragon, number one, Last week's Dark Knights of Steel number five, because I forgot about it. Superman, Son of Kal-El number nine. Sonic the Hedgehog, Imposter Syndrome number three. Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology number two. Batgirls number four. Joker 13. Devil's Reign five. And Thor 23. Sounds like you got a little bit more than me, man. I do. So I'll hop right in it. Uh, Devil's Reign Moon Knight, number one. It's written by Jed McKay and art done by Federico Sabatini. Uh, It was cool. It's just a one shot about what Moon Knight's up to in prison uh, after he got arrested in Devil's Reign. So it's a lot of like, like basically the prison guards are hosting cage matches with the prisoners and Moon Knight goes in there and spoiler alert beats the crap out of man, man mountain Marco, the old Spidey villain. Um, and it was, it was fun. It was totally fun. So uh, I enjoyed nice. it. Art was cool. The action was fun. I give it an eight out of 10. Right on, man. Right, so I'm going to start off with last week's The Thing by Walter Mosley and Tom Riley. And, you know, you, you thought that I would love this, Jake. Not going to lie. You were 100% right. <laughs> I thought I had such a great time with it. And, like, the twists at the end. like Because it, it's bringing back, it, like, kind of calls back to a Doctor Strange story that I really, really like that Dennis Calero actually turned us on to. The one, you know, the story with uh, with you know by Mike McNoll or Mike McNoll in the art for where Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange team up to help get Doctor Doom's mom's soul back. They call back to that. I called it on Little Watu, and then I did not call it. I knew something was up with her, but I did not call it with her like his new lady friend being Death. I thought that was super cool. So I'm at like a nine point five for this. I had a blast. Well, good. I'm glad. I man. love this book. Like it makes me, <laughs> like it makes me want to read this dude. Because uh, I know Walter Mosley is like a novelist. I'm pretty sure he writes some type of book. Don't know if it's novels. It could just be all like nonfiction biographies, but I doubt it. But it makes me want to read whatever he writes because I love it. That's good. Maybe you it's found actually your, all your just favorite writer. thing fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Trial of the Amazons, number one. I should have looked up the creative team while you were talking, but I didn't. All right. It's written by... You think this was our first time recording. I know, right? It's written by Stephanie Williams, Vita Ayala, Joel Jones, Michael W. Conrad, and Becky Cloonan. And then art is done by Laura Braga, Skylar Patridge, Joel Jones, and Elena Casagrande. Um, so yeah, essentially the Amazons are going through their 
big ceremony on who is going to be champion and watch over Doom's doorway. And then uh, the, the tribe that Artemis belongs to shows up. They're like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then uh, the Esquisita tribe or whoever Yara Floor belongs to also shows up. And everyone's like, I don't know about this. And there's just lots of tension and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then at the end of the night and the end of the issue, spoiler alert, Hippolyta dies. And it seems to be Hippolyta. Hippolyta, that she was potentially poisoned, but we don't know. Uh, but yeah. Some of the some of the dialogue parts were kind of meh, but overall, I mean, it was a pretty enjoyable book, and I'll uh, I'm still on for the uh, the rest of the event unless it just tanks. So I'm gonna give it a good seven out of ten. Right on, man. Yeah, I, I kind of bypassed that. I was, I was thinking about getting it, but I was like, uh, I don't want to do another event. Dude, that's like, kind of where I'm at I not- too. But like. You know I love Wonder Woman, and I can't yeah. help but love Yara Floor. So I'm like, yeah, let's just see where it goes. Yeah, like I, I have a, I'll say it, not a love, but a strong like for Wonder Woman, and I did love Yara Floor, but I was like, uh, I mean, and, and your favorite DC what, character, that, Artemis. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you got me there, and it's just like, boy, I've read how much of Devil's Reign, and then. How much of the event before that, and how much of the event before that? It's like this. Stop it! It's like the Michael Jordan ones. Like get help. Stop it. So <laughs> I, just, I I couldn't. But uh, <laughs> the next up for me was the Good Asian number nine, and this is by Pornsack Pitchy Schult and Alexander Tefenki on the art. And I actually looked that up beforehand because. <laughs> Unlike somebody, I'm a professional. This isn't my first rodeo. But um <laughs> but no, this is another good issue. It's like it I say this every time though. I should just I honestly should just stop reading it and wait for the trades, but I enjoy it too much. But I am just gonna like I can't wait for like when this is all done, like it's a nice thick hard cover so I can reread it again and pick up on the stuff that I know I'm missing. There's so much like going on and a monthly noir detective story where it's like you have to make sure you're picking up on the details is not the best when you're trying to solve the murder along you know the mystery not the murder the mystery along with them because like i'll be like i read too many books i'll forget characters halfway you know like who's that guy he just shot you know that type of stuff (laughs) but i really enjoy it and i i mean it's still like the story itself is a very gripping one and i do just like it so i'm gonna give a 7.5 out of 10 and the art is great there's nothing really bad about the art. Isn't there just one or two more left? I have no idea. I'm betting, uh, my guess would be like three because it's at nine right now. So I bet it's they're going to try for like a 12 issue series. That gotcha. seems like a good number, but I have no idea. I feel like maybe when I rang them up this week, it's it finally said like of whatever. I just don't remember what that was. Oh, okay. It's like of a thousand. Like, oh wow, <laughs> wow. Okay. He's gonna have to wait. He's gonna have to wait for that sizable hardcover. All right. Anyway, next for me is the Sumerian Hour of the Dragon, number one. Written by Julian Blondel and art by Valentin Sesher. And the art on this was amazing. I mean, this is like um, Ricardo Federici for Action Comics and Last God, like that level of awesome. And I'll try to see if you can. Oh, nice. So it's just like. That is awesome. Like old painted 80s D book covers like for the whole thing so uh-huh. super awesome um these bad guys resurrect an old dead very powerful wizard king and they're like we need your help to defeat conan because we can't and the wizard king seems to think he'll be able to do so 
And really, it's just a lot of buildup with some pretty neato action in there. But like I, I read a good chunk of these Sumerian comics, but this one's uh, looking to be one of the better ones for sure. So I'm excited for the next one. I'm going to give this a nine out of ten. Because, okay, I mean, I know you like the story, but would it still would it be still as high if the art wasn't as knockout worthy, you know? Um, no, but it wouldn't be too much lower. Okay. It's it's like as good of a jumping on point for a, a Conan book as you can get, really. Right on, man. Okay, so next for me is the amazing Spider-Man 92 with uh, Kelly thompson on the plot and jen mckay on the script and uh fred gallon sarah pacelli and zay carlos doing the art and i'm gonna be honest this the the jed mckay doing the script with kelly thompson doing the plot worked really well mostly because they weren't like the daughters of the dragon weren't near as out of character seeming as they had been so this it just made this story a little bit better in my opinion and we got um morbius in this because that kind of that explains why uh old doc connors has got wings they crossed his um genes with michael morbius and it was always kind of funny because they kept calling michael morbius uh he's like call me michael morbius or doctor doctor uh oh it's like doctor morbius and then they're like they kept calling him mike and like let's just agree to disagree and call you or uh <laughs> like uh, work together on this and just call you dr mike and he's like oh, fine dr mike it is <laughs> uh, that was a pretty good part but this is like like i said it's, it's better than the last issue because i think just the dialogue was written a little bit better like kelly thompson i'm just gonna say this she can write a heck of a story because she did a really good job here and it was very enjoyable it's just i think she tries too hard to be funny and that kind of hurt the last issue that's why this one's better so i'm gonna give it a 8.5 out of 10 it's enjoyable I guess I still think it'd be this series would just be so much better if it was just one oversized issue a month, but whatever. Right. Okay. Next up for me is dark Knights of steel. Number five. It's written by Tom Taylor and art by Yasmin Putri. And this one's pretty cool. We see uh, some new, new versions of characters like poison Ivy, um, which is fun. And uh, as well as Dick Grayson. But old Tom Taylor up to his usual wily ways kills a character, but but they're not really dead. At least I don't think they are because that would be very strange here. Uh, But then we also get uh, this, this world's version of Ma and Pa Kent. And that's pretty neat. And I think they're going to have sort of a big part to play in the story, or at least I hope so, based on what happens in this issue. But uh, it's cool. The art is stunning, as always. And I enjoyed it, just like I always do. So this one's going to be about an 8.5 out of 10. I wish I liked his other DC books more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With the way they did Nightwing, is it like, do they factor in the circus at all because like that's how i'm picturing it like he's part of like a gypsy group or something like that you know like a circus group troop or something like that that would be medieval type stuff or is it not at all it's more like like oh batman has his robins and they're just little spies so like he's he's young in this and they show him being acrobatic and stuff um but the robins are just spies Okay, I gotcha. I figured it'd be go. I when you said introduce, I was hoping it was gonna be like, oh, there's this kid. He looks happy, and they're like, gonna kill his parents <laughs> in the next issue. <laughs> okay, so uh, next up is Mighty Morphin number seventeen, and this is by Matt Groom and uh, Moses Hidalgo. And really quick side note, because I don't really have a lot of good stuff to say about this. Uh, I for Valentine's Day, Bree got me the. My Warfare Power Rangers game I just beat it the other day. It's pretty awesome, but also like the most frustrating dang game I've ever played. Cause like if I'm not like the I'm not great at video games in general. I'm not great at like fighting games to the point where like I can do 50, you know, hit combos, but like all of the computers can. 
at any time. So I was like, well, I'm going to set the remote down, go get a drink. And when I come back, maybe they'll be done. I'll be like 150 combo still going. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe when I wake up, they'll be done. But uh, right. no, like this issue kind of, is just like, oh yeah, the big, the big events over. So we're trying to set up something new, but it's not the power rangers i remember it's like the it's that group that was after them you know like you know like the guy and i never liked them as a kid and so this is the group that's in mighty morph and i didn't know that so like i was reading this i was like boy do i not care about these people and <laughs> so then i yeah it just it just it, it did not hit for me at all it was mostly just a big old big old whiffer so I'm going to give it a, like, probably uh, 2.5 out of 10. The art's okay, but I did not care about the story. So, like, do you, th- I mean, do you think it's going to stay these characters you don't like, like, for the next arc? Or do you think they'll they'll come back? Like the Okay, OG? so if I, when I, I think I checked this out online, and I could be wrong, but I think, this is the secondary team in uh, Mighty Morphin, normally, except for the big event was everybody. But then Power Rangers is the original team. Okay. Okay. That so I think it's just kind of like them going, I could, like I said, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what I read online. So that's why I'm going to give Power Rangers still a try. But this was pretty bad. So, yeah. I got you. Okay, next up for me is Superman, Son of Kal-El, number nine. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor, and art is done by Bruno Redondo. Um, so just like Nightwing, the art is cool. The story and, uh, and some of the dialogue is pretty dumb. Uh, but then essentially this whole issue and like two-part crossover was for Dick Grayson to convince Lois to uh, help John's boyfriend's journalist place, wherever he's working, and uncover the truth. And I, I don't know. It seems like maybe that's a bit beneath Lois, even if that sounds terrible. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's just like, why would Lois help him when she'd probably be already doing it herself? Like, that's one of my main problems. I'm sorry to be hijacking your thing, but when I was reading Tom Taylor's run, it's just like, like what little I read, it's just like, he's he's like, no, Lois doesn't care about doing the truth. She's just over here doing nothing. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, come on. Like, you, you know Lois is better than that, man. Like, you're not that stupid. What are you doing? He's right. like, no, no, I, ha- I have to make her look bad so my new character looks good. Like, don't, yeah. you, don't you get it? So yeah, I wasn't wasn't hot on that. Right. But now she's involved because Dick Grayson came by and was like, okay, you should totally help out. <laughs> and, then, and like, I, I just picture Tom Taylor having her written, so she's just like biting, a, biting her like pain, like, ah, oh, look at those yoga pants Dick Grayson's got on. <laughs> <laughs> just walking around with that dump truck going everywhere <laughs> dude speaking of dick grayson's dump truck so that's the I, title i know right it really is <laughs> um, there's an upcoming issue of nightwing where the one in 25 was like like dick it's like a side shot of dick but he's like bent all the way over with hands on the floor and oh like in like tight shorts and they're like, this is the one in 25. It caused such an uproar that DC is now just making it the B cover so that anybody can get it who wants it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, I guess that I guess that's part of it. It's like the, you know, you, you've been teasing, teasing, you know, dudes and women with the Dick Grayson dump truck for so long. And then when you offer this type of variant cover, all the horn balls are coming out. <laughs> yep. And because I collect Nightwing, you know, I was like, okay, add. Because <laughs> I can't have an incomplete collection. Yeah. Just like also, you, I'm going to frame it and put it on the wall. Yeah. You're going to have a complete <laughs> erection now. <laughs> oh, 
gosh. But anyway, back to this book. Uh, the art carries it so hard. It's going to get a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's very much my problem. Like that book, like that Superman book is like my problem with Tom Taylor, except for the murdering, you know, killing off characters for no reason. Other than that, like that's just my problems with Tom Taylor to a T with the way he writes. So I'm glad you don't have to read any more of it. <laughs> unless, unless unless you're like, no, this is adding <laughs> to my pool now. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Okay, so next for me, it's Punisher number one. And this is by Jason Aaron, uh, Jesus Sayez, and Paul Azketa. I'm hoping I pronounced those names right, but I probably didn't. But this is pretty cool. It starts off with Punisher, like these people like getting a weapon shipment in. And then Punisher just shows up and he kills all of them with you know the help of the hand the art in it is awesome it, he's brutal in it because like my main problem with punisher he used to think he was the coolest dang character but then you're always like you're always left going like if he's so cool though why the heck is kingpin still alive like that's one of his rogues you know and it's like you can only get away with him staying alive and kingpin staying alive for so long before you just go oh okay yeah you're not good at your job punisher <laughs> right and so you know it took but with this like and it's like you know he it shows how he joined the hand because like so he comes home one day to his serial killer apartment because it's like what you imagine with a you know very well done serial killer like his mattress is on the floor and just weapons everywhere and then the hands show up and they just try and like they basically are testing him because like if he survives then this lady's prophecy is true and you know they're they're good if he dies then she's like oh i'm just gonna have to kill myself too then because you know makes sense and so then he just like kills all of the hand people because his place is you know a weapon you know just has all of the weapons like he pull opens up his fridge he has knives in his fridge he has guns on the wall he has it booby trapped with explosives it's so cool and the art in it is outstanding like i mean look look at this fight scene you can see that okay like that's great yeah and so then after he kills all of them, she holds up this thing. Because spoiler alert, he doesn't get killed by the hand. Um, he holds up the, you know, she holds up this thing and she's just like, choose, you know, she's like, uh, does one of these belong to you? He's like, no, but this does. Who sent you? He puts the gun. And then, then she says, but we may have something that will change your mind. And then it there's a there's a person. I'm not gonna say who it is, but then you know, pun- the one and like Punisher, then it just kind of shows who it is at the very end. There's one other part that was really funny to me because I have a mix, I have a bad sense of humor. But Punisher comes back to the hand area and he he's like, he's like, the hunter's back. And she's like, yes, but wouldn't you perhaps like to retire to your chambers first? For, or he's like, I'll see them now. And it goes to this room full of like people like tied up. And she's like, murderers who went free, rapists, abusers of children from all parts of the world, all found and brought before you by their most faithful disciples. And so then he just murders them all. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, then it ends with him with the person that he saw. And it's, it is pretty awesome. I was expecting not to like it as much as I did. So, like, I have a feeling I might be let down in issues to come. But right now, I'm into it. So I'm gonna give it a nine, yeah, nine out of ten. I'm feeling good with a nine out of ten on that. Nice. It sold well this week, like most Punisher books do. I'm just curious how long they'll let this one go. I mean, now he's got his his shiny new logo that you know less people are gonna steal so that they can make money off of. It's gonna stay for a while, I bet. I hope so for the fans. Yeah. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog Imposter Syndrome number three. It's written by Ian Flynn with art by Thomas Roethlisberger and Moro Fonseca. So, uh, yeah, Kit and Serge break into Dr. Starline's like video logs and find out a little bit about their pasts, except for like their actual identities. And Starline catches them, but they fight him and knock him out. And when he wakes up, they uh, they use his own 
hypnotist or hypnotizing glove to uh, make him forget. And now they're going to like make him play by their rules, which I think is kind of interesting. They don't want, uh, they want to, they want to kill Sonic. They want to kill Eggman and now Starline. They're just sick of heroes and villains and they want to destroy everyone. So we'll see how their plan goes, but uh, it was pretty entertaining. It's not as good as the regular Sonic book, um, but you know, it's, it's a fun little spinoff. So I'll give it, uh, give it a good, Six and a half out of ten. Right on, man. Okay. Did you read Hawkeye? No. Okay. Uh, then I will talk about that really quick. So Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number five, by Mariki Najkamp. And um, I just have ink. Oh, penciler uh, Ined Balim on the art. And uh, I mean... You get a nice team up, you know. Kate's Kate's buddies show up to help. It's fine. Like, there's nothing I hate about this book. There's one part that was pretty cool. Uh, Cassie, I'm blanking on what her new superhero name is. Shows up and like, Kate basically shoots an arrow, goes behind her, and then Kate was there though, and she girls really behind, you know, goes behind the person, shut their up, and then Kate, uh, Cassie. Grows big, grabs a person, bops him in the head, knocks it out. You know, I was like, that's pretty cool. And then uh, Pizza Dog saves the day. He eats the gym. Spoiler alert. And he, you're not eats it, but he gets the gym and he then gives himself all the treats he can ever want. And, you know, I mean, it's like, this is like the epitome of an okay book, in my opinion. Nothing about it really stands out to me. Um, I'm glad it's over. Like, I'm not going to keep, you know, I was getting tired of it. So, yeah, I'm gonna be five out of ten on that. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that this would be in the in the the forefront of most okay books of this year. Because yeah. like I, I was just like, eh, I don't really care to read it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's nothing about it that like would make you know that's bad in my opinion. There's also nothing about it that makes me go like, yeah, you really should read this last issue, Jake. Except for maybe see the the picture of you know Pizza Dog happy. That's about which it, I, which I do want to see at all times. <laughs> but that's you know, that's 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 all you got, all you you have to worry about, right? Okay, so my last book before our mutuals We've got uh, Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology number two. Um, see, it's written by Neil Gaiman and P. Craig Russell, and then art is done by David Rubin and Colleen Duran. So uh, this finishes up Ymir's fishing expedition. And then the second half of the book is the first part of the death of Balder. So lots of good stuff. I like the story of Balder's death quite a bit. Um, it's one of the, one of the more famous Norse mythology stories, I think. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it drawn in this nice pretty art uh but i like it a lot it's always good nine out of ten right on man so what order do you want to do the last four in um you can do devil's reign joker thor batgirls if that's what you want to do buddy i know you like to alternate your marvel and dc so Okay, so Devil's Reign Five of Six by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. So, what were your thoughts on this, man? Um, it was it was something. The uh, you know the the cool like splash page fight scene was neat, uh, but I the ending. I don't know. I don't know what I expected because we we all you know heard the big spoilers last week. Yeah. And then I read this and I was like, huh. Well, that's not what I thought was going to happen. Oh, really? See, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. What What did you expect then? Honestly, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It just it, it wasn't. It just wasn't this. But I mean the. 
the high note always is the art by Chichetto. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? See, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's stuff about it that I didn't love. Like, I still don't think U.S. agent is this much of a douche. Like, I don't think he should be doing this. Um, getting Them getting A-bomb on their side is crazy. I love the way Kingpin was written. I still love that how he, like, because it's like, it makes me think of, like, uh, Mark Wade's run. There was this one part where um, I'm pretty sure, like, Matt meets with Kingpin. And they're looking at art. And Matt can't see the art, obviously. So you're seeing what Matt sees until the very end. And it's just like different pictures of like Daredevil being brutally killed because <laughs> Kingpin is that obsessed, you know? Yeah. And so like seeing him be this obsessed with his mind being missed, like it makes sense. Like this adds a, like this, this stays true to that character, in my opinion. And then like the, the art is outstanding and it, all of that. I think it's really, really cool. And like I said, I wish I wouldn't have read Elector because I think this death would have been cooler, but I knew exactly, like, this is exactly what was going to happen to old uh, Mike Murdoch. I mean, I'm kind of surprised he stayed alive this long after Charles Soule's run, but yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on it. I don't, it sounds like you aren't anywhere near as high as me. No, I mean it's like a seven. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. It was just like, oh, this part's cool, and uh, oh, that, that's how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm like, I was like, I was pretty hyped after I read it, so I might actually probably have a nine for it. I like, I like I said, I I really enjoyed it. Good. Okay. Now we've got the Joker, number thirteen, and. Um, yeah, it's written by James Tynan, and then art is done by Giuseppe Camancholi. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, what, what did you think of this one? I like the art. I thought it was kind of goofy how, um, like, okay, this guy who's been probably murdering and eating people for forever, Joker making fun of his cooking can get under his skin enough that Joker then will oh, break free because the dude comes in after him to kill him. I thought that was pretty stupid. And then this part was hysterical. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but there's this one part where this like big biker dude's like talking crap to one of the Killer Clowns and the Killer Clowns like, and then just boop and knocks his block off. Just head flies right off. I'll try to find that and post it on our Twitter after this episode goes up because it's pretty darn goofy and it made me think of this. Um, and then then also like, oh yeah, late uh, vengeance, aka Lady Bane, is gonna murder Joker. But wait, we're gonna find out another reason that Joker doesn't get to get killed, even though every reason for him should be killed is right there. <laughs> yeah yeah that part i mean that that's that's why i'm so torn on the series because like most of it's really really good but we know that none of this is going to happen so it's like how are they going to end this (laughs) yeah um yeah i'm a little i'm a little over the old cannibal family it's just i don't know I just don't know why that's such a main focus, but uh, I also think that that scene you're talking about is, is funny because like that should just be so bloody and gory and they just didn't add any of it. I know Um, it was very cartoony, like almost picture. I can't do the noise, but the like that, you know, that Mm -hmm. that should just be the noise that comes with it. Did you happen to read the punchline story? Cause I skipped it. Cause I was reading all of these these what this do you morning. Think? <laughs> yeah, because you read the last one and you loved it. Yeah, right. Um, also, is this just one more issue? Because it says to be concluded. Must be. I wouldn't. I'll be honest though. I thought she was gonna be a stupid character. I would. I would read a vengeance, aka Lady Bane. You know, aka Lane. Uh, miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would too. I think she's one of the best parts of this for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I just like, 
I like Bane in full Bane force being back. Yeah, um, same here. So hopefully, hopefully this thing wraps up nicely. Yeah, where are you at for this one? Um, man, probably like a six five. That's actually where I was feeling it too. If I'm being honest, maybe a little bit lower, just because the punchline story still has like, it's just like I don't know. It's it's like if I was playing tag with like a, a two-year-old and I was like, I am not getting tagged because it has not got me <laughs> once. <laughs> yep. I feel you. Okay. So next up is Thor 23 by Donnie Cates and Nick Klein. And I'm a hundred percent going to have you take over because I honestly really liked it, but you're, you know, you're Thor boy on this pod. So you get the take point on this. <laughs> Um, I, you know, as gorgeous as it was, I thought the beginning with like the hammer throw lesson was pretty stupid. Um, I don't know. I just don't like how Donnie writes Thor and Odin's relationship. It's just like, like way too shut up dad like all the time, See, you know, this, this one, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't get that in this issue personally because well, it this felt more like father son-ish than well i'm just all saying of the other stuff at, at this point in thor's life he's not do like he's written like a toddler like well will that happen to me when i die can can you die like he's been alive for so long at this point dude like yeah they, they, no i get yeah it just shouldn't be coming up but anyway uh the fight however was amazing um I, I love like the color work and like the, the Jack Kirby, like cosmic power dots, you know what I'm right. talking about? Um, and see Casey, I don't know how Donnie does it. Cause I'm like, I'm starting low. Then I get high. Then the hammer breaks and I'm low again. Right. <laughs> but then what happens at the end, they forge this awesome new hammer with spoiler alert the odin force and odin just lives inside mjolnir now he's the power behind mjolnir and i'm like okay i could live yeah. with that can we can we just talk about this this page too yes yes because like I, it, it's a hundred percent like i talk about this a lot with different right artists there's times where it just seems like they're flexing like liam sharp did it all the time this issue seems like nick sharp is just flexing and he's like he's like i heard nick i wasn't not <laughs> nick klein that's what i meant but uh he was like he was like you know i i heard uh two worlds podcast didn't include me in best artists i'm gonna flex on these hoes and show them how great i am because he really did he because i knew he was good but this is like this is this is like s tier stuff yeah it really is even just like when Thor after the fact is laying in bed, like it, it's so, so good. It really takes me back to Olivier Coipel's J, like JMS run. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I liked it by the end. I was all about this. Um, it's weird though, because, you know, in the other, like the other Marvel issues and maybe even this one, they're teasing, you know, Thor 750, this big funeral and everyone's super sad. So I'm like, can only Thor talk to Odin through this hammer now? Or, Probably. you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I liked how in all the ads, uh, like Odin was right here. Yeah, in all of the ads, and then yeah. and like now it's showing the actual cover. He's not there. I'm like, that's that's awesome. That's some cool yeah. stuff. Totally so, agree. I'm really glad that you brought that up. And let's talk about the uh, next issue, even though like this has nothing to do with our rating for this. But Donny Cates, Nick Klein, JMS, Olivier Coipel, 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 yeah, Dan Jurgens, Walter Simonson, Al Ewing, and Lee Garbett, Jason Aaron, and uh das pastoras like how excited are you for this <laughs> dude depending on how it goes it could be my issue of the year <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking i was reading this like geez louise it's just like i mean just watch al ewing's gonna be like <laughs> al ewing's gonna be like yeah thor's dead <laughs> this is zombie thor now <laughs> 
Hopefully it's the other rider smacking him across the face. His feet are more near. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So what oh, would you man. rate this, though, man? A nine. Because of the two low points, it's not a ten, even though it ended on a, on a big high for me. I'm going to go 9.5 just because, like, that first bit could have not lasted as long as it you know should have and we could have got more of the awesome fight because i felt like the fight was a little rushed because like yeah. this whole time it's been like oh i can't beat him can't beat him like huh, i can and then he beats them <laughs> you know right so yeah i mean some other comics will do a fight for pages and it's like i want that here with nick klein's art and odin force thor fighting Mjolnir Mangog like give me more yeah. uh, but still fantastic all right and then our last one is Batgirls number four and uh, it's written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad and the art is done by Jorge Corona um so yeah what what did you think of this one oh and we should we should uh shout out the color artist too which is sarah stern i liked it okay i'm not like you like this art more than me i'm not super hot on it like i like it okay but i don't know it's it's just so so here for for me and like this issue also is like okay but it was all kind of leading up to the reveal at the end which it's like if you were reading this and you've read comics for like at least you know more than like five issues of any comic book you'd already know that this new character they introduced odds are he's not a good guy and then like but who he was revealed to be that had me pretty pumped just as like a you know dc animated boy that had me pretty excited um but other than that great i think that page is stellar it's awesome and like that's the best part of the book and like sometimes that's not a good thing sometimes you know like oh yeah my favorite part's the last page but that's how it was with this one i didn't love it but that was pretty pretty darn sweet and it's it would be impossible not to want to come back to this book after reading that in my opinion what'd you think i liked it a lot my my favorite page was this one yeah because i i think i i mean i can see why you wouldn't be hot on the art uh, but I think pages like that, it really shines. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's sort of a slow burn. We're getting there. Like, I want to see more with like the magistrate people and I want to get to the bad guy. And now we've gotten to the bad guy or one of the bad guys. Technically, there's like three groups going on right now. Yeah. But uh, we we've seen them like in their new space and you know they're bonding and their relationship is growing which is all fine and dandy it's just like at issue four we should be a little bit past that so hopefully now that they've done this big reveal we can really get in it you know what i mean yeah one thing that annoyed me too though it's like so are we trying to believe that barbara smart barbara was like hey i'm friends with the bat girls i have no connection to them other than just being friends with them they're gonna drop off this villain that because i've been in contact with them this whole time but again i am not a superhero (laughs) i'm gonna drop you know they're gonna drop off this villain for you to help take care of with your art therapy degree it's like are we really believing that's something barbara would do like my only thought would be if she got hacked again by that one lady that's the only way that i would make that that seems in character for her is if the bad guy's teaming up with this bad guy you know yeah i agree like at no point do i think barbara says that and doesn't say take him to jail right now yeah right so that was pretty stupid to me but i will say one thing that's really good that uh, becky clunan and conrad do is they do the relationship stuff like even though i do think a lot of the the stuff with the actual like you know plot development stuff kind of are a slow burn it's not my favorite the uh way they have the characters relationships going it's pretty good stuff i will say stephanie uh 
Cassandra, they need to work on their brains as far as their costumes. Their mouths are covered. Make it so that you can filter out toxic gas if you have your mouth covered, ladies. Come on. I know. That was one of my thoughts, too. I was like, if this were Batman, they would be sure to say, by the way, this doesn't affect me. <laughs> yeah, no, Bruce would be like, I've actually had a lot of fear toxin in my systems, so it doesn't affect me anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, why are you always out of breath when you're talking? Talking like this is hard. <laughs> <sighs> so where are you at for this one, man? Um. I think I'll be higher than you. I'm at an eight. Yeah, I'm at a, probably six point five. Like I said, I liked it okay, but it's still just it's it's not knocking my socks off. My dog is a uh, sawing logs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what are you excited for next week? I'm gonna say Batman, Superman, World's Finest number one should be a great time. Flash seven eighty. And let's go with um, Crimson Cage, number four. Okay. Uh, World's Finest was up, also up there for me. I'm very excited for that. Um, but I will say probably Blue and Gold. Um wonder woman for sure and oh what's a good third batman the night i've been digging that one right on man okay so it's fantastic four time and i'm gonna just kind of get my shirt a show on really quick it's it was this little guy's 50th birthday guy gan this happy this birthday, weekend Gigan. and if any kaiju looked like he could fit with the 90s superheroes it's gaigan he had a for those that don't know he had hooks for hands like a weird visor for eyes shot laser beams out of his forehead crystal had horns everywhere he had a buzzsaw belly looks like i mean if you if you're if you saw me like oh that's a rob liefeld design creature but it's not and so my question to you, Jake, is give me your four favorite 90s character designs. Uh, okay. Azrael. Um, probably Longshot. Um, trying to think of like DC ones, but they're really like aren't a ton so i i'm sorry if this takes one from you because i know we've talked about this character before but adam x oh uh, yeah and then my favorite has gotta be uh sif 90 sif god no but they are as guardian <laughs> it's dargo the uh the future thor from the thor core you know what i'm oh, talking nice. about yeah, yeah, i do the, know your shoulder about. spikes and all that yeah yeah. So for me, I'm gonna have Thunderstrike on here twice because there's two different Thunderstrike designs that and they're both awesome. So there's the original Thunderstrike, looks cool, and then later on in the series he gets Blood Axe's axe. And so it's like Thunderstrike, but even more like metal, and it's awesome. <laughs> and, and so those two, and then I'm also gonna say Jack Knight. He was like late 90s. And he's very much more grunge inspired, you know, like he's like hipster grunge coolness. You know, I, I, I enjoyed that a good bit. And then I'm trying to think of another just 90s character that I'm like, oh, Blood Axe. Oh, we're going to go back to the, the Thunderstrike stuff because Blood Axe was awesome. And we'll, we'll give Cable some love. Yeah, who I thought uh, I thought for sure you would bring up that that one guy from ghost rider you know what I'm talking oh about. Vengeance? vengeance yeah, yeah. vengeance <laughs> is awesome too it's like boy ghost rider's not metal enough <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and if you didn't talk about uh, dick grayson's dump truck that would have been the title but yeah i know right <laughs> all right guys well that is the end of the episode so uh if you would 
please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like. You can also follow us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And also please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is two worlds podcast on YouTube. And tell us if you're going to try to get that dump truck cover. You know, if you're trying to like just take, you know, be like, Jake, I need your copy of this because we all want it. And also let us know your favorite 90s comic book character design. Yeah, that too. Or your ni- favorite 90s comic book characters dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'd love to stay in chat, but we have to go eat some honey in the 100 acre woods. So we'll see you next time. Bye, Ooh, guys. Bother. Bye.